Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. In your Bibles, turn if you will. Now, last week we kind of started on talking about, go to John chapter 10. Where all of this starts at the new birth, being born again. We determined by the Word of God that the word born again did not come out of a news report in the 80s. Amen. Ted Koppel did not make up that phrase, born again. That is a word, Jesus, a phrase Jesus Himself coined in which He he literally said that if we're not born again, we cannot have any understanding of how the kingdom of God operates. People must be born again. That is the mandate of the Lord Jesus Christ. People must be born again. Now let me just say this, because there's a lot of doctrine, and there's this doctrine, I saw something on the news the other day of a, of a preacher, I could call his name, most of you would know him, Wally and I both know him, uh, that, that, that was very, very used of God for many years. Powerful church, I mean thousands of people coming to his church, and about 15, 20 years ago, he got a hold of a doctrine that nobody's going to go to hell. You know, nobody's going to go to hell. God is a merciful God. And there's no way the God of love that he knows, because the Bible says God is love, there's no way that anybody will go to hell. Well, let me tell you something. That doesn't line up with the Bible. There is a heaven to gain, and there is a hell to shun. Listen, if people don't go to hell, what are we doing here? Amen? I'd rather be a hunting and fishing guy. No, people go to hell. We've, we've said that for years here at Island Church. That's one of the most important things we must understand as a people, as a church. That's why we need more churches. We need more missionaries. We need more men and women of God that are willing to go out and obey the Word of God because people need the Lord. And although UTMB does great work, and that's important, and other clinics do uh, in the medical field do great research, and that's important. And up in, uh, up in Texas City, they, they, they refine the oil, and that's a great work. We need that. But the greatest work on the planet is getting people out of death and into life and out of darkness into light, or they die and go to hell, and hell is forever. That's why we should live for the Lord, and that's why we should serve the Lord. Amen? John chapter 10, verse 10, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Now last week we began to talk about how it is the will of God that you live the life of God. That the life of God, the word life here is the word zoe, that literally means the God kind of life, or the life in which God Himself enjoys. Now let me just say this. I don't believe God has any anxiety. I don't believe He has any fret, any worry. I believe he doesn't worry about paying the light bill of heaven. I don't think he worries about the, the, whatever type of flu is going to come around this year. I don't think he sweats hurricane season. A friend of mine used to preach a message, the two words God never says. How many know the two words God never says? Uh-oh. God never says uh-oh. He's not surprised by anything that comes upon the planet. He's already made a full provision for mankind. But there is a thief loose on the earth. And his ministry is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why you need to come on Wednesday nights. We're looking at uh, unanswered prayer and how not to let unanswered prayer affect you. And we looked at Daniel and how Daniel prayed a prayer. And from the day Daniel prayed the prayer, God heard his prayer. But he had to send an angel to fight through the spirit realm to get the answer to Daniel. Now let me say this. That spirit realm is not the same. 
Those demons are defeated. And you have authority over them in the name of Jesus. But they act like it's the same. If you don't think so, then you get into the spirit realm and start doing some things for God. And you'll see that there are demon powers that will try to resist you. But the good news, you have the authority in the name of Jesus to tear down those strongholds, to tear down those principalities, and to say, you are already defeated, foe, and I'm here to demonstrate your defeat. Amen. Amen. So Jesus has come. Everybody say, Jesus has come that I might have life. Say it again. Jesus has come that I might have life. Now let me show you something here. Go all the way to the book of Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Wait a second. I'm in Genesis 12. Genesis chapter 2. This is in creation. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I'm going to try to keep my thought going here so that we can receive that which God wants us to have this morning. It said, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now notice that again. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. Now there's, there's something there that could be a little misleading if, if you don't watch it. Amen. You say, well, what could that be? Well, number one, it says he breathed into them the breath of life. Now, that doesn't mean God is a being that has to breathe to exist or live. In reality, if you study the scripture and you go back and look in the Hebrew, it actually says that God took a part of himself, a piece of himself, and he put it into man. And that part of himself or that piece of himself that he put into man made man come alive and living. Well, what did he put in, what did he put in man? He put life in him. He put life. He put the life of God in him. He put the zoe of God into mankind. But now, when mankind sinned and fell, there was a disconnect from that life. And man went into darkness. And man went into death. Amen? And we see the results of it all around us. All of the negative things that have happened over the 6,000 years since creation. You talk about the wars. You talk about the famines. You talk about the diseases that have ravaged this planet have been the ministry of the adversary of God and the adversary of man, which is the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy and to spread his nature through fallen humanity. That's why, listen, people aren't our problem. So, man, I tell you, these people are such a problem. No, they're not. There's something in the unseen realm that is the problem of humanity today. But the good news is that which is the unseen has been rectified through redemption and now God has given the authority to His people. The Bible says in Romans, to reign and rule as kings by one Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You've got to learn to reign and rule. Amen. Now, go back to John. Go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, Jesus is risen from the dead. Thank God for the resurrection. Amen. He's meeting with his disciples. I mean, a lot of them were just, you know, in, in unbelief. And so he had to appear in front of them and, and show himself. But now, look there in verse 22. There in verse 22 it says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, there is a big 
what would you say? Argument and dilemma in the body of Christ where people say, well, you know, that was a command. Well, well, really, I've studied this from just about every angle, different translations, and I believe when Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Ghost, they received the Holy Ghost. That means that God, through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, now notice this again, notice notice the similarity between this and Genesis chapter 2. When the Bible says that God breathed into man the breath of life and he became a living soul. Now we know he sinned and he lost that life. But now Jesus is risen from the dead. I'll tell you, it's the easiest altar call anybody ever gave. When he come walking through that wall and showed him his hands and showed him his side and said, I'm risen from the dead. I'm the firstborn. I guarantee you it was easy to say, I'd like that. That was an easy altar call to answer. Amen. But then it says this, He breathed on them, He breathed on them, and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. I believe they received it. I believe this is the first incident in the Bible where people got born again. So what did God do? He took the essence of Himself and put it back into mankind. That which He lost in the garden. I don't think you got thrilled enough over that. That which man lost in the garden, Jesus got back for man and breathed it back into humanity. Into who? Into the whosoever's who call on the name of the Lord. He breathed that same life right back into humanity. And for the first time since Adam's fall, man became alive again. You see, there's a difference between existing and being alive. And the whole world without Jesus exists till death runs its course. Some may exist in some foreign country in which there's a lot of trouble and turmoil. And some may exist in the penthouse flying jet airplanes and driving fancy cars. It does not matter. But mankind in its fallen state exists until death runs its course. Unless that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord and they get saved. And when they get saved, the life of God, the Zoe of God, the ability of God, I like to say it like this, the garden that God planted on the earth becomes the garden which is now on the inside of humanity. You went from death to life. You went from darkness to light. You used to be a member of Adam's fallen race. Now you're one of God's loved children. Now, go over to 2 Timothy. What are we talking about? We're talking about faith to live an abundant life, the life of God in you, coming out of you. Verse 16, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here we go. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God may be perfect or matured and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now let's do the Amplified. Every scripture is God-breathed. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost try to help you here a minute. (laughs) Every Scripture is God-breathed. Well, Pastor, I really don't, you know, come to church on Wednesday night, read my Bible. 
I'm telling you, I'm so busy. I really, every scripture is God breathed. That means the more scripture that's in you, that's on you, that's around you, that you read, that you meditate on, that get preached to you, the more scripture that you can literally expose yourself to, the more of the breath of God is going to get on you. Everybody say, God, breathe on me. Say, God, breathe on me. God desires to do what? Not just give you life, but continue to impart unto you life. Or you, next thing you know, you got, you, got, you, got, you got life in your home. You got life in your business. There's life at your job. There's life as a student. There's life as a teacher. There's life as a missionary. There's life as a pastor. There's, there's, I, I run into people that are born again, that are filled with the Holy Ghost. And they're fit, they, they speak in other tongues. They come to, but they seem so lifeless. No joy. No peace. All the enemy has to do is say, boo. <laughs> Then there's other of us who it seems we stay drunk most of the time. Now see that, that people, people are like, uh, you know, I, I really don't want one of those churches where just people roll on the, holy rollers, roll on the, what was that guy? It was over, I, I put a bundle of life while he was probably there. He, I, was, I was preaching in a day service in one of the counties and he got, he, he, he was, he, he was rolled across the floor and that was a big area and he rolled and, and he rolled back and he rolled back. Then he got up and he stood up and he goes, my feet are healed. Well, the reason he was rolling is because his feet hurt so bad he couldn't walk. So he thought, I'm just going to roll till I get healed. A holy roller. <laughs> Amen. Because the more of the life that God can breathe on you, the more you come under the influence of that life. Life has a way of breathing on you negative things. What you can't do, what you can't have, where you can't go, all of this turmoil, all of this. And I know it, there are times when you need some help, people to lay hands on you, get you delivered of that. But listen, once you're delivered, get under the breath of God. It calls creation. It brought redemption. And it'll give you life here on the earth. Uh, uh, a friend of ours, friend of ours that travels, he traveled with Brother Hagin for many years. When he was a young man, was very sick with a, with a very dire disease. And, and, and in a diagnosis session with his parents, a move of God was happening in their town. And, and this, this doctor said to them, now listen, we have these treatments and, and you know, you're going to be on this medicine your whole life. We can maybe, you know, you might, you might live into your mid-40s, mid but, you know, much after that, you, this disease will run its course and you'll be dead. And then he said this, be sure you don't go to that church. He didn't know what the guy was talking about. He said, what do you mean that church? He said, well, there's a church here that all they talk about is healing, 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 healing. And, and, and this, this man thought, I want to go to that church. <laughs> He's preached here before. He went to that church and guess what happened? The breath of God breathed on him. The Word of God was being taught. 
The Word of God was being, uh, was being honored. The Word of God was being respected. The Word of God was being taught, and he went to that church, and he got healed, and he's got a great ministry today. And by the way, he's in his 60s. Amen. Uh, now look at it again. I like it in the Amplified. <clears throat> Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration. It is profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, for training in righteousness and holy, holy living and conformity to God's will, will in thought and purpose and in action, so that the man or woman of God may be complete, proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, everybody say thoroughly furnished. Now, I don't know if you know much about God. That's why you're here, so we can help you learn. He likes His furniture. Now, He's come to abide and live in you through the new birth, <clears throat> through the baptism in the Holy Ghost, he is here. He abides. He empowers. Amen. Yeah, give me a drink of that. Thank God for water. <clears throat> you say, where's my water? It's at your house. <clears throat> Amen. Everybody say, God breathe. Now, you must understand that we all come into the kingdom. We're born again. That doesn't mean anything about your life really changes other than that which is on the inside. And it really doesn't change. It's made brand new. That's why you're called a new creature in Christ. I mean, you go, go to the, <clears throat> to the, up to the, where you pay your light bill and say, now listen, listen. I went down to Island Church on Sunday and I got saved and they told me I was a new creature. I don't believe I owe this 350 Now that old guy owes it. Well, they're not going to go for that. But once you're born again, once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, once you make a decision, I'm going to serve God. Everybody say that. I'm going to serve God. Say it again. I'm going to serve God. God wants to start a process of refurnishing. And He's going to refurnish you by breathing into you. But the thing is, God wants you to remove some furniture out of your life. That's what it says in Ephesians. We have to do what? We have to take off the old man and put on the new man. And I found this out. You know, you can, you can have a, a piece of furniture. Now, this is it's true with mindsets, religion, ways of doing things, traditions in your family. There's all kinds of things that fit this. You can have a chair, an easy chair. Men are the worst. Women, they like to change the furniture all the time. But you've got your easy chair, and you've raised 46 dogs, you know, a half a dozen cats, all kinds of birds. You've been fishing and hunting and playing in the dirt and for years and years, and you've sat in this chair watching your ball games, and it fits your flesh. So every time your wife wants to change the furniture, you're like, you can have a new couch, you can have a new... new, new uh, Curtains, you can have new, uh, you know, a new kitchen, but don't touch my easy chair. That's my chair. It fits my flesh. I fit in it. And anytime anybody else tries to sit in the chair, it's very uncomfortable. 
because it's, it's conformed to you. Now we do that with patterns of thought, family traditions, religious mindsets, all kinds of furniture we may have in our soul, which is our mind, emotions, and will, that God comes into our house to abide and to breathe His Word and to make your life heaven on earth. You ever read that in Deuteronomy, chapter 11, where it talks about days of heaven upon the earth? That's what God wants you to have, is days of heaven upon the earth. Those seasons of time, like it talks about in Matthew chapter 4, 11, where it says, and, and the devil leaves and angels come and minister to you. So God walks into your life and he looks around and says, I want to sit down. I'd like to lay down on the couch. I'd like to just kind of stretch out here and hang out a while. You ought to go study when the Ark of the Covenant came into Obed-Edom's house. He brought it into his house. That's, that, that's where the presence of God was. The Philistines have gotten it. They got it back through a battle. David hadn't come and gotten it yet, and Obed-Edom kept that ark in his house, and it blessed everything and everybody. What do you think has moved into you? I said, what do you think has moved into you? It's that same Shekinah presence of God Almighty has moved into your spirit being and God wants to come in and He wants to thoroughly furnish you. So you got to kind of close your eyes and you got to see all these moving vans out in front of your life. And they say, God's moving company. And then you look under it and it says, prosperity and, and blessing and, and healing and, and destiny and calling and, and, and guidance and, and revelation. All the good things of God. All of His life. All of that which He breathes into us by the Word of God. But you're over here sitting in your old ugly easy chair. You know, and, and it's all the same thing. I don't like when they talk about money. And I don't understand those tongues. And you know, everything just, every time I go there, it's just kind of weird. <laughs> well, you may need some weirdness. Amen. Amen. You may need a little weirdness in your life to get what the devil has tried to do to you. So what you've got to do is you've got to start dragging that chair out to the curb. The problem is we want to give it to somebody. Yeah, so we, that's, that's, that's the complaining we do outside. It preaches too long and I don't understand and someone ran around the church and women go up there and worship God and I don't know, it was too loud. Uh, I don't like the carpet. I, it's just, that, that's you trying to take your chair and give it to someone else. They don't want your stinky old chair. Neither does God. He wants it out in the rubbish pile. And so here's, here's the deal, is we try to bargain with God. We try to make deals. Well, just let me hang on to, you know, I just, you know, I, don't, I, I know God's got a call on my life. I know I need some impartation. I know I need some destiny. I know God needs to speak into my, into my, into my, but, my, but Sunday nights, they've made a new magnum. Amen. Well, that's just sitting back in your easy chair. Oh, yeah. 
used to be Monday night football. I'm telling you, when we used to travel, and man, those Monday nights, a church that would fill up on Monday night, every Monday night when a church would fill up, the glory of God would come. And the glory of God is so much better than the anointing. Because with the anointing, you have to labor. But when the glory comes, all you got to do is sit back and go, glory to God. We saw more miracles in the glory than we ever saw with the anointing. And God wants to get His place in you all furnished with His stuff by breathing into you the Word of God so that it now affects your mind, it affects your flesh, it affects your emotions, it affects your will, your decisions, it affects every part about you so that you now cut all your decisions off the God angle instead of the flesh or the self angle. And when you begin to do that, it's amazing what begins to happen when God gets comfortable in your life. It's amazing. I, the, the, for Lee and I, sometimes there's no way to describe it. God has blessed us. He continues to bless us. He continues to touch our lives. Things continue to happen and we're like, what's going on? Well, God has found a few places to live in us. A few places in which He can continually breathe His Word, His breath, His life. Because Jesus said, I am come. If that was His purpose... Now, I'm going to close with this. If that was the purpose of Jesus, to come to this earth to give me life, I ought to value that sacrifice enough to let him fulfill his purpose in me. Did you get that? What he went through, just coming from heaven, giving up heaven, giving up the majesty of heaven, giving up his rank in heaven, giving up his authority, and coming down and getting into a human body. Then three years and a half of miracle ministry. Then he died on the cross, a death like no man on the planet ever died. No matter how horrible the torture was on some other man, no matter how bad some other someone else died the death, Jesus is was multiple times a thousand worse because he took your death, he took your sickness, he took your sin and then he rose from the dead after defeating all of that and stepped in to the realm of the, of, of the natural and said, here I am to breathe life into my disciples. He gave us the new birth. He received from the Father the person and the power of the Holy Ghost so that we could not just be indwelt, we could be empowered. He gives us prosperity. He gives us righteousness, which is right standing with God. You can never earn that. He gives us joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I say unto the Lord Jesus Christ, help me to help you fulfill your purpose in giving me life and giving it to me in abundance. Amen? Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and thank God. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word this morning that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us, that forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Let us forever view your word. Let us never see the Bible again as paper and ink. Let us see it as the source of life, of light, of blessing, and of goodness. Lord. In God good. Don't forget Wednesday nights. Be sure and come. And let me just say this. Every night, every day we... Uh, after every service, we pray for protection and safety. But that one part of the prayer where we pray for that door of utterance, be sensitive to that. Be sensitive to your door of utterance. There are so many people out there that need Jesus.
And, and you know, it can be just one phrase in a conversation. It could be something that a, that, that a clerk says at a store, uh, uh, something that, a, that a, a waitress says at a table, something that, that just, and, and the door's open. And I've heard people say this before. They say, well, I'm kind of timid, kind of shy. It's not till you open your mouth that that boldness comes. It's when you open your mouth and you begin to tell people. I'll never forget. I don't know why I'm going to tell this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Uh, y'all, some of y'all heard the story. I was down in Belize, full gospel been airlift. We, were, we had a service that we were going to do that night. They wanted me to speak. And so I'm up there praying. But we really didn't have any idea of how to get people to that service. Dad was there. A group from Lakewood was there. And we just didn't have any idea how to get people to this meeting. The, the guy that was heading up the, 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 the airlift was a banker from Belize. He had lost a friend down there who had got strung out on rum and cocaine. And so he found him and brought him into a bar. And back then, Belize was still occupied by England, so English soldiers were all in this bar. So I went in there. You know, he calls me up and says, I got this guy down here. He's about half crazy. He needs ministry. He needs ministry. And I'm like, you know, oh, man, you know, I guess so. You know, so that's why you need to be sensitive to God. That was the wrong attitude. I had the wrong heart. So I went down there. And here's this guy. His hair's all matted. And, you know, I start telling him my testimony, how God had delivered me, how God had set me free. And he'd look at me with these crazy eyes and say, give me $20. (laughs) And so I'd go again. And God set me free. And God delivered me. And God loves you. And in the name of you. And he looked at me and said, give me $20. (laughs) And so I kicked back my chair, got up, laid my hands on. I said, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit of cocaine and rum, get off of this man's life in Jesus' name. And he said, give me $20. So I went walking out of there. And as I walked, there was a little alleyway. And there was a woman there weeping. She said, I heard what you said. She says, I'm from Tennessee. I was raised Pentecostal. I've been backslid for 20 years. I said, come here, honey. I took her hand. And, and, and she prayed the sinner's prayer, got right with God. She invited the entire staff. Remember that day? The entire staff of that, of that hotel came. That night, we had, what, 30-something saved and 18 filled with the Holy Ghost. Because someone reluctantly walked through the door of utterance. Now, if God can do that if we're reluctant, just think we can do if we're willing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Father, thank you today for a wonderful service, for blessing every person. Now, hold on real quick. When does school start? We need to pray for the students next week. Tomorrow. Well, don't start a church split over it. Let's ask, ask Coach. When does school start, Coach? Next Monday. So we'll pray for everybody next Sunday. Is that all right? All right, that clears it up. Father, we bless your name. Thank you so much for your blessing upon our service today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you breathed on us today the word of God. Lord, as we leave today, as always, as is our tradition, we claim your protection, your safety. We declare no evil that falls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Therefore, as we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, or the railways, we call ourselves protected and blessed. Heavenly Father, we thank you also as we handle the resources that you've given us, whether it be at the medical branch, whether it be in education, up in the oil patch, through retail, construction, no matter where it is. Thank you, Father. We're not subject to trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father, as we leave today for the door of utterance for each and every one of us to be open. Let us be sensitive to your spirit so that we might be a blessing to people, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in someone else's life. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, anointed by the Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.